Hello and welcome to the How The Fuck podcast where we collect the how-to details behind the lifetime achievements of marketing leaders so that you can learn from example and accelerate your marketing growth. This week we have an incredibly exciting guest, Casey Graham, the CEO and founder of Gravy. So Casey started posting in January just this year and already has built Gravy into one of the most influential LinkedIn brands. The Gravy team now has four people on the sales influencer list and has seen significant business benefits from building up their brand on the platform. So we dive into the how the fuck behind Casey managed this, what he posts, when, what matters, what doesn't matter, and how he's supporting more than 20 team members at Gravy to build their personal brands. You will have everything you need after this podcast to get started and to convince your team to do so. So if you enjoy the podcast, please leave me a rating. And if you want to get a summary of what we've learned each week, head over to our website and subscribe to the newsletter. Hi, Casey. Welcome. Thank you for coming on. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me. So before we dive into the meat of the interview, I wanted to ask you a bit about Gravy. So you guys started in 2016. Um, how did you get started? How has your growth journey been so far? And have there been any struggles? Yeah, I mean, there's been it's been all of it. But, you know, the way we started it, we didn't start this thing to... I'd sold... I started growing and sold three companies before this. And so I made a bunch of money and I didn't know what the hell I was going to do with my life. And I was bored and, and depressed and lonely and sitting around in Starbucks all day and trying to make up stuff to do. It was like, this sucks. Like, I thought this was going to be way better to have money. And, you know, yeah, I, I took all the vacations I wanted to take. And it was just like, I need to, I need something to do or my wife is going to throw me out of the freaking house, you know? And so me and uh, my co-founder from the previous company, we just started digging around and asking the questions entrepreneurs of like what pain points they have and this, that, and the other. And I just started asking, hey, what are you doing with churn? What are you doing with your customers that that want to that wanna leave? And the reason that I asked that question was in my previous company, we went to sell the company. And been that they wouldn't buy it because we had a churn problem. And so we fixed the churn problem over a two-year period and it created 5X more on the offer that they made to buy the company. And they ended up buying the company because we fixed the problem. And so I just said, this is valuable, but nobody really wants to do it. And so I started asking around and we started and it didn't start as like a, hey, let's go create this unicorn or let's go raise money. It just started with something to do. Honestly, me and the co-founder were bored. So I got some, we got some clients and we didn't do marketing. We didn't have a website and we just started. And for the first, I'd say 50 clients, it was just people telling people. It was people telling people. And we just started as this underground thing. And I was like, crap, this has got some momentum. Let's put some, let's put some resources behind it. And over the last three years we've gone, we've got 47 people full-time on staff now, virtual company always have been. And yeah, as we went through COVID, we have now grown. We've had two record back-to-back -back months. And uh, our mission is to return $1 billion back to businesses by the end of 2023. And we've currently brought back $110 million over the last three years. And uh, that's what fires us up. That's cool. That's cool. I saw that on your website, the 1 billion. You clarified that's 1 billion with a B. Yes. Do you do the messaging on your website? How involved? No, I'm terrible at that stuff. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not really good at it. So I'm very, I'm good at very few things and I don't do it, but we've got some really good marketing people that do. Yeah, I think you obviously have a, a marketing mindset as a founder. A lot of founders don't oh, yeah. really get that, but like obviously from your LinkedIn and the growth that you have there is 
show that you have appreciation for it. Oh, I am a, if, if, if you were a marketer and sales person all into, I am the departments of marketing and sales now were basically everything that I cut my teeth on in business. And so I've been an SDR, I've been an email marketer, I've been a database administrator, I've been a head of sales, I've been the deal closer, I've been the deal setter, I've been the deal qualifier. And so now we have all these roles broken down. I'm like, well, really, that's just, that's what I did by myself when we first started. We just did all of them. And that's essentially what business is, but that's where I'm good. And yes, I think marketing is the most important part of, of business because if you can't market, you're not going to be able to sell anything. And so I think it is one of the most important things. And I think it's one of the most overlooked things by CEOs. And they just say like, hey, send me some leads. We need leads. We need leads. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's not the point of marketing. Marketing isn't just to send you leads. Marketing is to win an entire category to where you are the leader and everybody thinks of you. And it, it's like synonymous with Zoom. When you think Zoom, you think video conferencing, right? When you think Chick-fil-A in, in America, you think a chicken sandwich. And so how do we win the market? And so that's where my mind goes, not necessarily like, you know, tactically, how do we get people to opt into something? And so it's the, it's the awareness, it's the aura, it's the ethos of the company. And that's what we look to put out in, in everything we do. And have you set that around the concept of revenue retention? Is that what you want to be known for? Payment success. Yeah. Mm. We started with that, but nobody cared. And so what, where we're at now and what we're trying to bring into the market is something that, that very few people do, which is it's relational revenue. Like most people do not have like say, hey, people are our secret sauce. And so people are secret sauce when it comes to payment success. And so we're trying to win that category and make it up. But, uh, you know, we haven't done a great job of it yet. Wow. So let's, I think let's talk about like LinkedIn because I feel like that's something you do extremely well. What is it? What's been your approach from the beginning? Like when did you get into using LinkedIn as a channel? Last November, I saw a post from an SDR at Gong. Her name was Sarah Brazier. Honestly, until that point, I'd never even thought of LinkedIn as anything other than an online resume. And I just, I went on one day for some random reason. Honestly, I don't even know why. And I remember I going on and going, I see this post by Sarah Brazier and she's an SDR and it's got like 35,000 comments or likes or something. It's crazy. Some amazing thing. And I was like, what? the hell is this? And, then, and so I started digging into it and I was like, oh my God, like she, she's an entry-level SDR at a company and she's got influence on this platform like I've never seen before. Like I've never seen this before. And so I called Sarah and I said, Sarah, tell me, tell me what you're doing. And she told me and it clicked and I had no idea about the algorithms favoring content creators. And I'm not on any social media. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. And I was like, oh my God, I can write about business all day long. And so <laughs> that's how it started is seeing that and going, this is a great opportunity. And I started doing it in my post, you know, I, at first nothing, but pretty soon after posting consistently or starting around January, I just, it just started to grow and I started to post more often and got, you know, better targeted who I was writing to. And uh, it just started taking off. So we didn't make a decision like, hey, let's go dominate LinkedIn. It just started. And as it started, I started going, hey guys, I'm seeing something here. I'm seeing something here. And then about the time I started growing my influence on LinkedIn, COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And when COVID hit, we went all in as a company. We were non-existent. Like people don't realize this. In February, not one single person on LinkedIn has heard of gravy. You know, we're now in, you know, the, about to be the fall. And when they put out lists of like the top 
three companies were, were listed as like a top three company with a brand on LinkedIn. And it was only because in COVID, I told everybody on our team, I said, guys, there is a huge opportunity for us to add value to the market right now. And I just showed them what we did. I set up what's called a LinkedIn influencer channel inside of our Slack team uh, channels. And I said, hey, if you want to post on LinkedIn and build your own personal brand, and if you want to grow that, which would be beneficial for your career, uh, I will teach you how to do it. And I was like, of course, Gravy would be a, a bit, get a benefit at some point, but you get to take your brand when you leave Gravy. And so if you want to command a higher paying job, or you want to command the next position, or you want to command the market and become an influencer, if you want to have control over your, your future, then you need something beyond your freaking paycheck and job. Patience happened to get a job at Gravy, lowest level position. And then now Patience has become an internet influencer in six months. <laughs> so patients can leave and go work at any company she wants to go work at and command the salary that she wants to command. And it's like, guys, girls, like, come on, you know, like get on with it. It's, this is, this is a no brainer. If you tell them this, if you, if you build, if you build your, your LinkedIn brand, you'll never have to build a resume again. And that's the bottom line. And so I was helping them see a bigger opportunity. And, uh, you know, we've had 25 people jump in and uh, every single day we have that channel and we help each other. We cast vision. We share what's working. We, we share our post. We comment on each other's post. And uh, that's just kind of how it started. That's it's kind of blowing my mind that you only started in like February. Um, Why does that blow your mind? Because it's quick that you've you've got it. You've built it up. I could start that now and in four months in that place yeah but here's the deal it's 20 plus of us so like that's why people don't guess why ceos don't get it is they're like if it's just one person i mean your, your reach is limited to one person but if you've got i mean we've got data specialists we've got customer success people we've got finance people you know we've got every different part of the organization that's posting in these different genres and people are like oh my god you're always on my feed i'm like yeah because there's 25 people that have one mission one vision one culture one idea on one platform and the algorithm is so favorable to, to good content being shared is that it's just like, that's, that's what we're doing. And I, I don't know many other companies that have this many people that are, that are invested in it. Definitely. So what you said there, like 25 people with one mission, one vision, one culture, how does, do, do you dictate what they post about? Hell no. Hmm. Hell no. I would, no, I would never do that. It's their brand. And here's my philosophy is anytime you try to make somebody do something, then it's going to be worse than if they have internal motivation to do it themselves. Yeah. And so all I do is share the opportunity that I see and I share the benefits of their, of their career. I mean, cause think about it. We're, I'm leaving gravy at some point. We're all leaving gravy at some point. <laughs> gravy is not some eternal company. Like I know, but I talk to CEOs and they act like, you know, they get all worried about their people leaving and moving on and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, well, what do you, what's your goal? Like, I want to sell the company. I'm like, you're, you have the same motivation they do. So quit hiding it and just be honest about this is like, we're all leaving one day. And so if we're all going to leave one day, we all better have something to be, we'll be better off on the other side of this. If we have a personal brand because of our connections and network and, you know, the value that comes along with, with, you know, adding value in the market. And so it's just a no brainer 
dinner and we share that with them. Now, one thing we do do on a practical side is that I will share like writing prompts. I will say like today I wrote a short post. It's called a tweet post. And a tweet post is, you know, it's a, no bigger than a, than, a, than a Twitter post would be. And, you know, here's how I did it. And here's why I did it this way. So I'll talk about how I posted, why I posted that way from a strategy standpoint. But then if they have some content or whatever, and some of them may go out and they'll do the, maybe the same style but they'd use their own magic of content or whatever they're learning and that and flavor and style. That, yeah, that's really good. I wanted to jump into like the practical kind of how to, what do you do actually? Mm -hmm. I like that. So you send out some writing prompts just to encourage and, and kind of guide people a little bit. What, is there anything else? Like, like do they just choose a topic they want, something they're interested in and go for it? It doesn't matter. Uh, or is it most people had a hard time picking uh, like, because the first thing I said is like, if I were you, so, so who, I'm writing to, when I write, I am writing to leaders in entrepreneurial organizations. And so that's who I'm writing to, leaders in entrepreneurial organizations. You could be a marketing leader, you could be the CEO, but you need to be a leader. That's who I'm gonna write to. And so I just told them a key to success is knowing who are you writing to every time. And a bunch of them were like, I don't know who to write to. I mean, you gotta think about this. This is like entry-level job people that are coming in and it's their first job out of college. And, and I'm saying, create a personal brand and they're like i don't know what the hell that even is and so we we were able to then throw out like so what if you just talked about what you do every day or what if you just talked about what you're passionate about or whatever and so we helped people around the idea of like hey chantelle what if you talked about she's our chatbot specialist and so what if you talked about chatbot stuff like all you gotta do is talk about conversations tricks strategies what something that was surprising something you learned or whatever and so then we helped each person think about what could what could their niche look like and uh, inside the channel people all chime in and it's uh it's super helpful for people to get feedback definitely that's that's really yeah it's really interesting so is there any other kind of alignment that happens Anything? no we don't control anybody's content and we don't we don't care what they write or post about. Obviously, if they were saying something stupid, that, that would not be good. But I know, but we have no control. Like, I don't believe in controlling what people say and I don't believe in trying to control the message that goes to the market. All I believe in controlling is sharing, this is what I'm doing, this is what's working and modeling the way for them. And I can control me, I can control my message, I can control my tone, but I'm not going to tell team members what they can and can't write about ever or or tell them you have to write about this i'll just never do that i don't believe in that i think you're i think you're right in saying that if you tell someone that they should use their personal influence and brand to push a, a particular message it's not going to work people aren't going to want to do it no they don't want to do it you don't no i wouldn't either so what i'm saying is like it's just funny to me that companies like don't let their people people do this or they get scared or they try to control their messaging and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, Hey, you may have their butt in the seat on your company, but their heart is not there. And if their heart is not there and if their passion is not there, and if they're not connected into what you're doing, you're only getting, you know, 25, 30, 40% of their performance. And so we believe in investing in the individual as a human being and helping them get every, I mean, we teach people how to have do their personal finances. We teach people copywriting courses. We teach people how to, how to plan relationships and, and counseling and marriage. And like, we're literally like a Tony Robbins conference as a company internally every day. Like every day is motivation. Every day is growth. Every day we're a personal development company disguised as a payment 
company. And so that's why we have evangelists and raving fans is because their life is getting better. And so if their life is getting better, they're more than happy to talk about it. And that's what our focus is. Can you tell me when you say, so you said internally you're teaching people these kind of things? A hundred percent. Yeah. Every single Tuesday at 11 PM, we have a team meeting and team meeting for us is for inspiration, not for information. And meaning that when they show up, we don't talk about the company numbers and finances and here's what our strategy is. And we, we may do that 10% of the time, 90% of the time is personal motivation or guest speakers on, on helping them with their life or a relationship expert or like a Enneagram expert or we'll have uh, we had Morgan Ingram come in and teach about personal branding you know on LinkedIn and, and train and so we just invest in them as human beings we'll have a personal finance person come in and teach about personal finance and investing or whatever and so we have an internal course called decade of destiny where, where when people join we help them plan 10 years in advance of what they want out of their relationships their finances and their energy levels and so that's who we are internally and so what you guys see on LinkedIn is essentially a spillover of who we are as a company. Mm -hmm. And none of us are, none of us got into this. Nobody went to career fair in high school and said, you know what? I want to save payments for a living. I mean, come on. That's a boring job. That's not any fun. And we know that. <laughs> we know that. We only do that so that we get revenue, so that we can build leaders and build lives. And that's why we do what we do. Sounds like an incredible environment to work in. And I bet with everyone posting about how great it is, you have a really easy time recruiting people. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is people say that one of my favorite things is they're like, this can't be real. And they're skeptical and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and I, here's my thing to that. Okay. I don't care. Like you can think whatever you want to think, but here's my, here's my other question. Like, so what's the alternative? What's the alternative that you've got companies that where nobody says anything or that you've got people that bitch and complain. And so I'm like, the alternative is that we're optimistic human beings that our lives are getting better by working together. And uh, it's fun to be in that environment. And that's, that's what we try to model and do every day. Definitely. Definitely. So just, just to come back to like LinkedIn posting, actually. So what, what would you say makes a good post? What is it like? How do you write something that resonates consistently with an audience? You know, that's a really good question. The number one thing for me is always being not trying to write for the algorithm, but I try to write for, for a person. So every post I have a person in mind, every post I write to a, I literally have somebody in my mind that I know. And I will say, if I was going to write to that person, what, what would I say? How would I say it the way that I want to say it that would be impactful to me? to them. And so I write to that individual. I don't write to get a click. I don't write for the headline. I don't write for the, yes, you got to be smart. You got to, you know, you want to put your a hook at the top if you have a hook, but like the whole thing of like, you know, and share with somebody and, you know, post below four people and we'll connect with all of them. And if I get to, you know, 20,000 people, it's like, I don't give a dang about any of that stuff. Yeah. All I personally care about is impacting the people's lives that I'm trying to write for. And so for me, it's number one, imagine that person that you're trying to write to. Number two, it's, it's, it's writing in such a way that is skimmable and easy to consume and then and then number number three is to is to write in a way that is 100% your real talking voice you're like I feel like my LinkedIn voice and this voice I'm doing right now I try to match as much as possible versus you know I see people try to write these eloquent things and all this kind of stuff and then I meet them I'm like you're so much better like just being you 
And so that's just what I try to do. I don't know if that's helpful or not. Yeah, I mean, that that's, that's super helpful. I think I really like the idea of the skimmable post as well. I think I've heard something similar before about writing for a person. I can see how that would make it feel very personal to each person who reads it as well. The talking voice thing, I find I find difficult myself. If I Sometimes I think... How does that translate for you in terms of like the grammar you use and things? Does he talk oh, about- I have terrible grammar. I'm the worst grammar. Like I'm the least proper person that there's that there's been on LinkedIn probably. I don't, I could care less about misspellings. I could care less about grammar. I just don't, I don't care because I don't care in my real life. And so I want to be as congruent as possible to the platform. And I think that that just creates the most impact. Or maybe it doesn't. I mean, maybe people think I'm a douchebag and maybe (laughs) people say, I don't want to listen to the guy. And if that's the case, then, you know, so be it. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I like that. I'm going to try some some real properly real talking voices stuff. How, what about frequency? And I'd also like to know, like, you know, from the very beginning, did you do it every day? Did you commit to something? No. no. I'm, because you do you post frequently no. now? I only, po- I only committed to every day during COVID when it hit. And then I did, I don't have any rules. So like, I don't have any rules. I post stuff when something comes to my mind. If that's four times a day or no times a day, that's how I am. I, I don't, I'm a, I guess an unorthodox, I'm not a systems person. I'm an energy person. And so when I, and I'm even this way in business of like, I have 80% of my calendar is just white space. Like I don't plan things. I just, I just, I literally just live in white space. And so when I, me and my co-founder, we hang out probably five hours out of the day, just talking and looking at stuff and, you know, putting in headphones and listening. And, and then when stuff hits me or situations come up and I get a thought, I write it. And uh, that's how simple, that's how simple mine is. I think people overthink stuff. Uh, and I think people are too worried about an algorithm and I don't care about that. I just don't care. That's not my goal. My goal is not to have a hundred thousand followers. I don't care. I just want to make an impact and I want to see the people that I work with be platformed. And so in most interviews now, I will bring somebody from our team. And my goal is that all of them surpass me on LinkedIn and all of them have a bigger platform and they go all on to do bigger and better things than what they could even do here. I think that's a really great philosophy and, uh, and quite similar in terms of the planning and having white space thing. So if you had to say to someone, you know, who's a CEO or founder or something, what would you say is the reason that they should get on this now? What kind of business impact can it have? Our speed to hire has basically gone to, we can hire not anybody we want to hire, but we can hire pretty any position we want to hire with a, with a line full of people on an instance, mm-hmm. which is very important in a fast growing company. So number one is speed to hire. Number two is cost of hire. We don't have to use recruiters because we have such a presence in different genres and different fashions that we're able to, to do that. So that's, that's number two. Number three is pipeline. Now we do paid ads on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And so the advertising has become so much more effective because they go, oh, it's from gravy. This must be at least worth looking at or valuable, or there's a brand recognition and so our ads have worked. I mean, we booked, you know, tons and tons of calls in the last 30 days with our sales representatives because of paid advertising on LinkedIn because of our brand awareness. So that's another one. You know, 
we get pipeline opportunities. So another example, did you see my post the other day when the venture capitalist company called me and wanted to invest in gravy? Did you see that one? Yeah, I did. Having a VC and you said to the VC, no, I'll, how about I just improve the value of your portfolio? Yeah, I said, I can make you more money by not investing. And let me show you how. And so because of that post, you know, we've got a hundred different venture capital and growth equity firms that have lined up to, to understand what this is. And it's a product that we call Churnfolio, where we reduce portfolio churn for VCs and growth equity groups and so in private equity. So I know, but the point of me saying that is I, I wrote one post and now we have people lining up. Now we have multiplication. But the reason we do now is not because we talk about gravy all the time, about leadership. I talk about what I'm learning. I talk about how I feel. I talk about all of those different things. And so people connect with that. And I've been doing that now since February. So what, six months? And uh, because of six months of investment, now we're reaping like revenue business results and partnerships out of it. I think it's something I read in one of your posts and it's something I've heard another person saying, and it's that 45% of the sales calls we hear someone, they say something like, I heard about you. Yep, yep that's it. And, and so- Is that about, it's, I, it seems to be about having multiple touch points. Like they've heard you on, they've got some credibility or, or something from there, and then the sale must go through easier, would you say? Yeah, it's still sales. And just because they heard about you doesn't make it a slam dunk. But what it does is, I mean, it's the same for you. It'd be like if you were taking a flight and this new airline and you've never heard of it and you're just going to be skeptical as hell about it. Anything that's new, we're skeptical of. And so we knock off the whole new with the brand. And so the brand hitting knocks off the new. And so by the time they talk to us, I'm like, oh, this is, this is some just, you know, made up thing that they made up last night. It's like, no, there's like 25 full-time staff members posting about this every single day. This at least must be a legitimate organization. And that that's like the first, uh, especially when you're trying to win a market, that's one of the first things that you got to do is just let people know, A, you exist, but then B, a reason to want to pay attention. And that's just a big deal for us. Definitely. Is there, I mean, have you ever had it where you, you've had to say to someone, oh, you need to improve the way you write or uh, no, never? No, no, but, but, but people ask for feet. So I ask for feedback. So I model it in the group and, and people ask for feedback. They'll write a post and they'll say, you know, can y'all give me some feedback? What do y'all think about this? How can I make it better? And then when they do, then you can pipe in and then everybody learns from the feedback. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. You're leading the group with your actions. Is there anything that we haven't discussed that I should be asking that is the secret to some kind of LinkedIn success? I don't know the secret to LinkedIn success. I just think like if you recruit, well, let me give you one that people won't, I don't know if they'll like or not. If, if you recruit really good leaders and you recruit really driven people, all you've got to do is show them an opportunity, but you don't have to push them to do anything. And that's the difference. It's like, how do you know if you need a different team? How do you know if you've got A players? How do you know if you've got great leaders? Is if you're the leader and you just set direction and they exceed you in, your, in their thoughts, and visions. I mean, think about it. I mean, we had four people on the top hundred sales stars list. Did you did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Four that, people did pawn that today and put you in that list. Yeah, I'm not even in sales. I don't even know how the hell I got on the sales. <laughs> I know, but the point is, we we had four people on the list and we didn't exist. It's because they're good people. And when you have good people, not like, I'm not talking about morally good. I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about like they're excellent leaders. And so the way to, the way to do LinkedIn well is have a great team. And, you know, then they'll pick up on it and they'll rock and roll. Perfect. Thank you very much. I think you've given me so much detail on how you've done this. So it's been an incredible interview. Thank you very Thank much. You have a great day. You too. Cheers. Thank you.